We're in more than conquerors, Romans 8.37. Read that with me. In all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And the teaching there is in difficult things. In difficult things. We are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Don't, don't quit, all right? Don't quit. We're more than conquerors through him who loves us. And this is such a powerful statement. It actually, uh, in Joshua chapter 1 and 9, which has been our focus for the last month, uh, read this with me. Be strong and courageous. Come on, say it. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Just those, that opening statement. Say it. Be strong and courageous. Shout it. Be strong and courageous. No, like you're running into battle. Shout it. Be strong and courageous. Come on, severely. Say it. Be strong and courageous. There you go. That's the way to say it. Be strong and courageous. It's a battle cry. It is, it is rock kasaksamats. It is the battle cry of uh, the children of Israel. It's, the, it's a Hebrew battle cry. It is be strong and courageous. It's what, they, it's what they say as they run into battle. Be strong and courageous. It's not, it's not be ripped. It's not look at me. It's, it, is, it is courage that causes you to go into battle even though you don't see the field of battle clearly, even though you don't see the end. It is, it is a focus, it is strength, it is boldness uh, that sometimes, look, the enemy knows who you are. His intention is to get you to forget who you are. He can get you to forget who you are and start acting like you were something other than what God has called you to be. Then he has, he has a hold on your life. Can I get an amen from somebody? Amen. How many have been there before where you amen. forgot? You stopped, you stopped considering this. So uh, I want us to spend some time in Ephesians today. And I want to teach you from this topic out of Ephesians 6.10. And we'll be go, going back and forth to to Joshua, somebody shout stronger than ever. Shout it stronger than ever. Vision 610, read this with me. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Say it again. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. 1963. Anybody know where you were in 1963? Somebody said, I wasn't anywhere. I, some of us were on the planet in 1963. Uh, we weren't that old. We, didn't, we weren't reading the headlines, but in 1963... Uh, a nuclear submarine was lost. It was called the Thresher. And uh, the nuclear submarine was lost. Anybody know the story? Uh, it uh, basically, it, it just went too deep. It basically went too deep. And uh, there were 129 sailors on the Thresher. Uh, it was considered fast. It was a spectacular submarine. But uh, what happened to the thresher is that it, it imploded, basically. It, 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 uh, as it went deeper, it went deeper than it could handle the pressure. And uh, here's, here's the reality is that uh, what they discovered is that, you know, just suddenly when it exploded, 129 sailors were lost. How sad. Uh, captain and all the crew in this state-of-the-art uh, submarine. But how many, have you ever seen a submarine before? Have you ever seen a submarine? 
Now, you, you've only seen part of a submarine. Some of you have. I know I've got some friends who've been on subs before, but uh, I, I haven't had the, the privilege. Uh, but uh, here's, here's the interesting aspect of a submarine that you may not know. What you see is the outer hull of the submarine. It has an outer hull. It's the light hull. It's the shape of the submarine. A lot of things are attached to that light hull. But it is the inner hull that is set up to withstand the pressure. Am I telling the truth? The inner hull, uh, what is called the strong hull of the submarine, is what maintains the pressure. And the problem with the thresher was that it couldn't stand the pressure because the inner hull was not strong enough to withstand the pressure of the ocean when it went to certain depths. Am I preaching already to anybody? Amen. Sometimes the pressure of life feels like it will crush you. Amen. Sometimes the pressure of life, just life itself. I mean, you think, uh, you know, you know it's, it's just, I don't understand what's going on. Whether you, you know Christ, you don't know Christ. How many know sometimes life brings pressure with it? And, and when I say the pressure of life will crush you, how do we make it through such times? Now, I know, listen, I know that, uh, you know, my outer hole, the, what you're looking at right now, my outer hole is, is designed to accept a certain amount of pressure. But over the years, anybody know what I'm talking about? I realize that it has a little wear and tear. But what I have to focus on is my inner man. All right. Uh, you know, as when we go through pressure, let, let, let me talk to some believers today. Here's the reality. It is a possibility to make it through anything. Amen. I'm going to tell you, it is a possibility to get through whatever you're facing. Anybody facing some tough stuff? Anybody? And I'll look at you and I'm say, you're, you're going to get through this. And I'm speaking possibility into your life. No matter what it is, it is possible to come through it victorious without your life being destroyed. God wants you to have such inner strength that no matter what comes against you, you don't just survive it, you thrive through it. And this is what we're going to learn in His Word. God wants you to experience that. Oh, there it is. God wants you to experience your strongest self. Some of you have experienced your weakest self. Can I get an amen? And sometimes when you face certain issues in life, you say, hey, no way. I'm, I'm not even going there. In fact, you can develop anxiety just about being in certain places because you don't believe that you're strong enough to be in that situation. Can I get an amen? So you try to manage all your life and come on, you try to make it all work and organize your life in such a way that you won't experience certain things. How many know you can't hide from pressure? Amen. You can't. A, there's a position where you can be strong enough on the inside to handle anything on the outside. That's where the power of God comes in. The Spirit of God wants to come into you and make you stronger than any pressure on the outside. Come on, your flesh is not strong enough. But in the spirit, I can handle this. Somebody help me preach this. In the spirit, I can handle this. Go ahead, take a look at whatever you need to look at right now. Go ahead, look at it. If you have to close your eyes, see it. In the spirit, I can handle this. I ain't putting up with this. Listen, 
I'm not talking about your attitude right now. I'm saying my inner man is what will allow me to go to places that I could not go to had it not been for my inner whole, the spirit of God in my life. Amen. I love the story of Jericho. We talked about it last week. Joshua 6.20, the people shouted. The priests blew the trumpets. It happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. I love that. The wall fell. How did it fall? Flat. flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Now that's good. Anybody had a great victory? Anybody ever had a great victory? Wave at me if you've ever had a great victory. Okay. Anybody ever had a massive defeat? Yes. All right. So Joshua and the, and, and the army of the Lord are going to have this great victory. And, and what's interesting is, is that the second battle is their most embarrassing defeat. So it would seem like I could just move on my mo momentum into the second battle. Look what we did here. Okay. Now I'm going to go take and you just kind of leave God back there at the first battle. Amen. Come on. You leave, leave God. Now you're going to go deeper because what really is happening with Jericho is they're having to go deeper into possessing the promises of God. God said to Joshua, now you're going to possess the land. You're going to lead the people to possess the land. Not just Jericho. You're going to possess the land. So they defeat. They, they have victory. How many know it's God? Anybody know it's God? I mean, they didn't knock those walls down flat. I mean, there had to be like big old angels just stomping on them, okay? Just the, the pressure of heaven caused them to collapse. And they, then they just walked right on. In fact, they collapsed. I've studied this. They collapsed in such a way. If you, the, the archaeologists have studied the area of Jericho. And there is a place. I mean, archaeology constantly proves the word of God. There is actually a place where Jericho was and there are flat walls. And what's interesting is that there were two levels of walls. It was like a lower level and a higher level of wall. And the way that it fell, it collapsed in such a way that it almost created, it was like it created a ramp for the people to run up into the city. That's how it collapsed. How many know God is good? Anybody know God is good? <laughs> so God knows how to destroy stuff. Did you know that? Did you know God? If it's going to be crushed... God knows how to do it. It wasn't an earthquake, but something. And archaeologists can't even figure it out. How did this happen? Suddenly just crushed. They just, boom, they fell down. I love, I love looking at the word of God. I do. I just love this. So, so what we see is how, how quickly it, we can forget the strength of the Lord. Joshua 1 and 6. Again, be strong and courageous. This is the word of God. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. A land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Now look at the rest. He says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all of the law of my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I love Joshua 1 and 9. Anybody love Joshua 1 and 9? And, and you see this. In fact, even with Moses, you see the Lord saying different versions. Read it this way. Oh, uh, be strong and courageous. And don't forget to be strong and courageous. Oh, oh, oh don't forget. Have, you, have anybody been in that situation? Anybody got kids in the house? Aren't you glad that they're all home from school right now? No, okay. Anyway, 
But remember sending them off to school and you say, hey, hey, don't forget your backpack. Don't forget. Don't forget your lunch. Don't forget. Don't forget. And you see them. They're walking out the door. I won't forget mom. And then finally they get all the way out. Hey, hey, did you remember? Did you forget? Hey, here's your lunch. Here it is. All right. And they're all the way out the door on the way out because we have a propensity to forget things. How many know we can be forgetful? Where are you? Anybody like me? I mean, I don't know. And I sometimes I think, is this age? But then I remember when I was a kid, Mama having to remind me of everything. Anybody remember that? Just, oh, don't forget, don't forget. Why? Because we're not, we're not much different now at this point in life. How many have ever walked in the house from your backyard and forgotten what you walked in to get? Anybody ever done that? Just taking a hold. Okay. So can you understand why Father would say, hey, Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Oh, and don't forget to be strong and courageous. And by the way, before you leave, let me tell you one more time. Be strong. And I find in my own spiritual life, sometimes I forget to be strong and courageous. I forget. So what we see is, is when we're talking about strength and courage is we need to be strong in the Lord. So before Israel defeats Jericho, the Lord had given a particular law for this battle. How many know the Lord will give you directions for a particular battle? Yes. Yes. Anybody ever found that to be true? Just you need to pay attention constantly. So they're getting ready to go into a second battle or go into this battle in Jericho. And in verse 18, he gives him some pre-victory instructions, some specific instructions. And you, by all means, abstain from the accursed things. Lest you become accursed when you take of the accursed things. Okay, it's like accursed, accursed things, accursed, 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 accursed. It's like a lot of cursing going on right here. <laughs> and make the camp of Israel accursed. Let me read that again. And you by all means abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accursed when you take of the accursed things. And make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble it. But all the silver, and here's what he's saying, all the silver and gold and vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. In other words, you're going to defeat Jericho. But what I want you to do is bring everything out of Jericho and bring it into the house of the Lord. Now, he had a plan for this. I mean, they're going to they're going to eventually uh, build the, the tabernacle or the temple. They already have a tabernacle. They got a tent. They don't have a house. But they're going to build a tabernacle one day and there has to be funding for all the things that are going to be done. Also, there's a particular tribe called the tribe of Levite. You know what I'm talking about? And so they're, they, they, they're, their uh, portion is going to be the portion of the Lord. All right. So so this is theirs. This is this is for the house of God. This is what the Lord says. So in uh, Joshua seven and one. OK. But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things. So the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. So the, here's, did you catch this? If you partake, if you take the accursed things, then you are also accursed. Okay? So if you take those things which were destroyed, then you become destroyed yourself. Am I preaching too fast? All right. So how many understand this principle? Anybody understand this? That, that there are some things that don't belong to you. All right. Don't, don't go into the devil's area 
and take stuff, put it in your pockets and hide it in your life and expect to be blessed. Amen. Amen. Well. <laughs> and so verse two of Joshua seven uh, here, here. The consequences happen immediately. Now, Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth Avon on the east side of Bethel and spoke to them, saying, go up and spy out the country. So men went up and spied out Ai, and they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up, but let about two or 3,000 men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. So about 3,000 men went up from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck them down. About, they struck down 36 men, and they chased them from the gate as far as Shebarim. And struck them down on the descent. Therefore the hearts of the people melted and became like water. What happened? They crushed under the pressure. And you, can you see all kinds of things that are wrong? First of all, uh, Achan took of the accursed things. Brought them back into the camp. And then, uh, and rather than asking the Lord. I mean Jericho, Joshua has very clear directions on what he's supposed to do at Jericho. Do you see anybody... Asking God about how am I supposed to do this? Ain't nobody praying. Nobody spending any time in the presence of the Lord. Somebody comes back. They're feeling all tough. Like they knocked the walls of Jericho down. Feeling all tough. Man, I won this victory. Now I can do it. Look at me. I'm strong and courageous, baby. Your strength is not in your own accomplishments. Your strength and your courage is in the Lord. Now, I'm just continuing the story and then just tell you a few things. So here, here's, what, here's what I want you to see. Joshua has a breakdown. Look, verse, chapter 7, verse 6. Then Joshua tore his clothes, fell on the earth, on his face before the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their head. They're in grief. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God. Why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all? To deliver us into the hand of the Amorites? To destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. Josh, what are you saying? Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns us back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off our name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? Be smart enough to meet Joshua. You hear the voice of Joshua here? What does it sound like? It sounds like the crowds when they first, before they ever crossed Jordan, doesn't it? Sounds like the other ten spies who said, the people are too mighty, what are we going to do? Oh, that we would have just stayed on the other side of Jordan. Oh, that we could just go back to Egypt. He sounds like the guys that wanted to stone Moses uh, when Moses said, no, we can do it. When, when Caleb said, we can do it. When Joshua suddenly... After all of these years, after 40 years, Joshua is beginning to join the crowd. Amen. So look at me just so I can help you. You need to understand. You might be one bad day away from changing your song. One bad day. One bad day. Come on, just, just, I don't have to pray, I just go to, listen, one prayerless night. Amen. Come on, this world has pressure in it, stop pretending like it doesn't. 
You say, well, you know, I'm full of God. I don't have to. No, I want you to be full of God. But I want you to understand one bad day changes your dynamic. One bad day, something happened and you fell and you start talking to God like, hey, God, where are you at now? Anybody need the Holy Spirit to speak into their life? Amen. Yes. Yes. I, I just thank the Lord. In fact, I, I was in camp meeting last week and listened to a dear friend of mine speak, Mitch Quarter. He was talking about this and I just totally, absolutely agree with this. I am so grateful for the Holy Spirit speaking to me. No, I'm just so grateful. When I say that, sometimes he speaks in a feminine voice. It sounds just like Diana. <laughs> he does. Because I'm busting on Joshua, but I want you to know I have been that man. I have been that guy. I have been there. I have been in a mess. I have had it up to here. I have walked and walked. I have walked miles. You know, sometimes I don't just put my face in the dirt. That's not necessarily my cultural context. It's just, you know, I am done. I just need to get away. I just need to go breathe somewhere. And, you know, really, what's going on? What's going on? I mean, I, I, I won't go into all my stories. You know most of them. But, you know, been that man with thoughts in my head like I've been wasting my time. Felt like, I'll tell you, there have been times I just felt like the church was against me. I know, I love y'all, but there have been moments when it just felt like, really? Honestly? Are you kidding? I mean, in all the years that I've been pastoring, I mean, there have been those moments when things were a mess and I was angry. I can remember being the father of two tots and a, a pastor that was too young and, and feeling like, you know, here I am and you asked me to do this. But now people start coming to Jesus and suddenly you don't like me no more. Thank God for my bride. Amen. Looking me in the face by the Holy Spirit. Reminding me of my calling and my purpose. Question. I, I don't know where you are right now in your life. But I know that you have felt like the pressure on the outside was greater than the strength on the inside. And I know sometimes you confess the crisis before your creator. And I want you to know that's okay. If you're mad, God can handle it. At least you're getting in the presence of the Lord. If you don't have anything to say about God, I don't understand what you're doing right now. Did you see what just happened? Then go say that, but at least get back in His presence. Amen. Some of you need to step up. Come on, somebody needs to step up. Somebody needs to step up. I know you're afraid to get involved in ministry. I know you've had some bad days, but... But uh, some of you need to step up. And I know because you've been hurt in the past, you don't want to do anything in the future. But step up. I also need you to be strengthened. Not just me. I want to be strong. But I need you to be strong in the Lord. Because we have some conquering to do. God wants you to have the strength to conquer. God wants you to have the strength to conquer. Whatever you're facing. He wants you to have the strength to conquer. Ephesians 3 verse 13. This, this is Paul. He says, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you. He's talking to the church at Ephesus. Paul is Paul's just being beaten. He's been in prison. And he says this. I don't want you to lose heart. I'm, I'm, I'm going through all this for your glory, he says. And then he, and then he starts. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Somebody praise Abba for a moment. Praise you, Abba. Praise you. And he says, I bow, and this is what I pray, that he would grant you, 
according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. No, God, I need I need Samson stuff. No, I want you to be strengthened where in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. How many want that? Anybody want that? I want to be filled with what? All the. All right. I want to be strengthened with might through the Holy Spirit in my inner man. Look at verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly. Read this out. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power. What? You can't do this on your own. Uh, Read that underlined again. According to the power that works in us. Keep reading. To him be glory in the church of Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Read that underlined part again. According to the Okay. You have purpose in this world. And God has called you out. And when you declare that God has a purpose for your life, the enemy will arise to oppose your purpose. Okay, somebody shout, I have purpose. Somebody shout, I have purpose. Uh oh, uh oh. Uh oh, can you hear the alarms in hell going off? <laughs> Somebody has declared they have purpose. You better get strong on your inner man. Amen. All right, don't be afraid because the enemy will be defeated. Shout amen. The enemy is defeated. So you're going to be challenged. And when you're challenged, we're going to find out what's on the inside. How many know that's the truth? I know you've watched some football games, right? You said, oh, we're going to find out what these guys are made of right now. Because you understand that sooner or later, it's not about who's the strongest, who has the greatest playbook. It's about who's, who's going to fight it out in the fourth quarter. Well, baby, we are in the fourth quarter in the kingdom of God. And you're about to find out what you're made of. And these last days, we need people that are strengthened in their Inner man, just because you're tough on the outside don't mean that you've got the strength to stand under pressure. Joshua had lost his courage. He is questioning the Lord. He has shifted his position with God from fully trusting to fully questioning. He is in grief. He has lost fellow soldiers. He is questioning himself, his calling, and his future. Anybody know about pressure? Anybody know about marriage pressure? Family pressure? Single, being single and under pressure, being a leader and being under pressure. Anybody got any grandparent pressure going on right now? How about ministry pressure or, or, or you're a children's leader and you're under pressure or worship leadership and you're under pressure. My greeters have pressure. My security team, my parking lot attendants have pressure. The enemy wants you to cry out like an Israelite in the wilderness. Take me back to Egypt. I don't want to do this anymore. Somebody hurt me. Really, what's going on? I don't want to cheat with it. The devil will come after you as soon as you decide you have purpose to stop you from doing what God called you to do. Come on, mamas and daddies. Take me back to Egypt. But you see, your strongest self is your inner self. It's when you know that you know the presence of the Lord and you are hearing him and he is hearing you. 
Right? Your inner self. At Jericho, Joshua was flourishing. At Ai, he is wilting. How are you responding to pressure? Pressure. Are you flourishing or are you wilting? Are you skilled and resourceful or are you overwhelmed? Are you in control or out of control? Fully supported or feeling, having feelings of isolation? Are, do you have a sense of great expectations or do you have a sense of great loss? Do you have thoughts of past victories or are you dwelling on your defeat? Are, are you expecting to achieve goals or are you expecting failure? Are, are, if you're flourishing, then are you, are you engaging the task at hand or are you disengaged and withdrawn? Are you making decisive decisions or are you just confused about all of your future steps? Are you flourishing? Are you flourishing or are you wilting? Remember the call to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. And do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. How many know the Lord is still with you? He's with me. I just need Him to empower me. I need Him to change my thoughts. So where is the strength now, Joshua? It's being tested. How many, got anybody that feels like you're strong in the Lord? Come on, I'm going to lift my hand. Anybody strong in the Lord? Don't be ashamed of being strong in the Lord. The enemy loves... You to say that. I don't think I. Come on, lift your hand. How many are strong in the Lord? Okay? So put your hand back down. How many believe you're going to be tested? Okay. So I'm going to help you get better. Okay? One, understand this your inner man recovers strength in the presence of God. So look at Joshua 7. I know I busted on it, but look at this. Joshua 7 6. Then Joshua tore his clothes. And fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel and they put dust on their heads. So I don't know if you can see that little graph. But that's tabernacle. You know you go past the altar of burnt offering. And the bronze labor where you wash and all of that. And then you go on into the holy place. There's the table of showbread. There's, uh, there's the golden lampstands. There's the altar of incense. And then you cross. You go beyond the veil. And there is the ark of the covenant. Come on. Uh, sometimes... Uh, you need to dispense with all of the religious stuff and just get on your face before Amen. God. Amen. Now, the reason I'm saying that is you see all these things, and it's beautiful, and it's powerful if you consider this. I mean, it is set up in the shape of a cross, which I love. It all points to, to Calvary. But, but, you know, there's certain people that go into the Holy of Holies on occasion, and Joshua has been in the presence of the Lord with Moses before. The last time he was there, standing in the presence of the Lord, he was there with Moses, and, and, uh, and, and Moses is going to lay his hands on him. There's going to be transference of power and anointing and a calling. But now, he is in grief. He is in pain. He feels like giving up. And he says, I don't know what to do. If God strikes me dead, fine. But I'm going in there and I'm going to spend time in his presence and I'm going to tell God what's going on in my life. Anybody been there before? Anybody been there? I mean, I, that's what I'm telling you right now. I remember this as a youth pastor. I mean, it was like my... my First or second year, I was the youth and worship pastor. <laughs> it was a tough day. All right? I just had a real tough day. I had a youth group meeting, and I realized those smart aleck kids did not care anything about what I was going to say and found out they were doing some stuff, and they did some stuff right there in the meeting. Just really, it's like, and I had all this vision. I had it hanging on a board. It was on down a hallway when the door used to be right about there on my right, and I remember walking in the door. I was sick and tired. I was upset. I didn't feel like anything was going right and I just walked up to all my vision on the board and I just ripped it down and threw it in the trash and ran into the altar and just laid on my face and said dear God what are you doing 
He made me the pastor is what he did. So <laughs> this is a picture of our lives. Whatever you're going through, you need to take it into the very presence of God. Amen. Hebrews 10 and 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who, who promised is faithful. Now I know I don't have time to give you all the context of Hebrews 10, but here's what he's saying is Jesus is your high priest. And he made a way for you to come into the very presence of God because he surrendered himself on the cross. And through the blood of Jesus, you don't have to tiptoe around everybody in order to get to the presence of God. You don't have to ask my permission or anybody else's per permission. Through the blood of Jesus, you can go directly into the presence of God. Come on. Anybody remember like the, the, the Davidic Psalm? Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. I mean, that's as far as those boys could go. Into his gates and courts. But baby, we don't have to do gates and courts. We deal all the way through the holy place. The veil has been ripped in two. And we walk right into the very glory of God. And say, God, it's me. Stop pretending like you can't pray. Just go do it. That's where your inner man is healed. In Ephesians 3.16. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit. In the inner man that Christ may dwell in your heart. I love this prayer. I mean, how many, if I could pass out $20 to everybody in this house, would you take it? Okay, what's worth more, 20 bucks or 20 minutes in prayer? When was the last time you prayed for 20 minutes? Strength, yeah, last night, praise God. Strength is spiritual wealth that is collected in the presence of God. Strength is spiritual wealth that is collected in the presence of God. Okay. Okay. Secondly, don't allow sin to suck the strength out of you. Amen. I want to say that really loud. Don't allow, fill the blanks in. Don't allow sin to suck the strength out of you. All right. Now, if you know the story, God really gets clear with Joshua and calls him out. In, in verse 10, so Joshua is in the presence of the Lord. So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Come on. Why are you lying on your face? Israel has sinned and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded you, for they have even taken some of the accursed things. And again, if you take of the accursed things, what are you? You got that? People don't understand that with sin at all. They think, I know I just sin on occasion. OK, now you're you're wanting to be a blessing, but you want to hold on to your curse. OK. How can you, and, and we get this incredible picture that I hate. I don't even like reading the rest of Joshua 10. I don't enjoy it. And my flesh gets the heebie-jeebies, okay? Okay, do you know who died in Jericho? Other than, everybody, except for Rahab and her family. Everyone. Because it was a curse. Now, it had been, how many, uh, like 600 years. You know, the Lord is giving time. For the people of Canaan to repent. But they choose idolatry. They teach their children idolatry. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is, 
they hear of the power of God. It is a world that has rejected God. A world that has... Do you understand this? People don't get this. It is a world... It is a... You see, everybody knew about God in the beginning because God created Adam and Eve. You remember that? Everybody. They all knew about it. And then, how many remember Noah? The story of Noah. Anybody remember the story of Noah? You realize how evil the world had come? I mean, I don't know if you've ever read Genesis before. It's, it's the first book in the Bible. But you read like Genesis chapter, what is it, chapter 6? I haven't got the notes up. But Genesis chapter 6 tells the story of the condition that the world was in when God said, you know, I'm just sorry I made all you. Amen. All y'all are gone. You, have, you are corrupted. Your children are corrupted. Your children's children are corrupted. He said, really? Yes. You brought your children into the world and corrupted them. You're even sacrificing your own kids. That's how bad it got. And you say, well, that's not happening. You listen to the headlines right now. You hear what I'm teaching you, don't you? Accursed. And so everyone in Jericho died. Achan had taken of the accursed thing. It's the, the Hebrew word is, is sharim. It's, it means meaning to, be count, meaning to be counted among that which is to be destroyed. Now, the Bible says in Matthew 25, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory and all the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And He will set the sheep on His right, but the goats on the left. Look like sheep, ain't sheep. Then... Verse 34, then the king will say to those on his right, come and come, you blessed of my father inherit the king prepared for you from the foundation of the earth. I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty. You gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Now, what is he saying? What he's saying is you have. You have the characteristics of a person of faith. How many know freedom is family? Anybody know we're family here? Anybody been helped? Anybody ever been served? Anybody been blessed? Anybody ever been fed? How many know we care about people that are hungry or in need? Anybody know that? Somebody shout amen. amen. So I'm, I'm telling you that. But then he says this. The righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see it? It's so much a part of their character that they don't even notice that they're doing it. Amen. Did you catch this? Amen. I'm going to go do something good. Oh, now you're just living by the law. Amen. All right. So when did this happen? And he said, he said, I say to you, the king answers, surely I say to you, in as much as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. I love that. And then verse 25, then he will also say to those on the left, depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Now, I know that there are preachers that erase these particular verses, but they are still in the Bible. Amen. Okay. And it is about being a curse. I'm not asking you to be afraid of hell. What I'm trying to get you to do is to realize that we are children of the Most High God. Amen. All right? And it is a part of our character. So we don't participate in the accursed lifestyle. Preach, preach. Now, this is not exactly what we see happening in Joshua 7. However, the terminology isn't the same. Is the same in Joshua 7, 1. Because he says uh, they committed a trespass regarding the accursed thing. So Joshua has a calling to deal with us. And here in lies the problem. 
We too often look at the physical issues of sin like sex and addiction and rage and anger and unforgiveness rather than the spiritual ones, the heart issues. And we've got to deal with the heart of it. The heart of Israel is dying in Ai. As long as we harbor godlessness in our life, we are working for the enemy. Jericho, the city has been crushed, but Jericho is still very much standing in their hearts. Because they talk of the accursed things. That's what Achan did. The Bible said uh, Achan confesses in chapter 20. Now this is not repentance. He gets caught. How many know there's a difference? Amen. Okay, yeah, I did it. Yeah, I took, uh, I sinned against the God of Israel. And this is what I did. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful cloak from Shinar, a Babylonian garment, it often says, and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold, I coveted them and took them. That's the law. And see, they are hidden in the earth inside my tent. Achan and all that he is. All that he has is destroyed. And, and let me say it this way. Uh, I don't want to speak too much longer on this, but um, the Babylonian garment was medieval chic. <laughs> know what I'm saying? Got this garment. Because Babylon, even at that time, was an empire. Even at that time. Eventually, Israel will get overrun by Babylon and taken away. But at this particular time, having that garment at a gathering. Where did you get that? Man, you look good. <laughs> I don't need the world to tell me I look good. Amen. I don't need the applause. Of the world. I want the applause of heaven. Anybody with me on this? I need the applause. I'm not saying don't look good. I mean, I'm glad you took a bath and, and washed your clothes. But it's not. Yeah, I got some applause on that. All right. I'm saying everything that Jesus has done is for our sinlessness. God knows the power of sin to destroy us. In the old covenant and the new covenant, we are still called to put away godlessness. But we don't. And now we believe that Jesus died so that we could be godless. There is nothing in the Bible that says that Jesus went to the cross so that you could live in your sin. It says absolutely the opposite. Jesus went to the cross to set you free from the power of sin. So when you discover sin, don't hide it in your house. Get rid of it. And then you'll recover your strength. Joshua and the children of Israel. That There was an Old Testament way of doing it. But somebody thank God for the living new covenant. Anybody glad for that? But this is a shadow of the reality that the Lord is still serious about the destruction of sin in our life. I'm going to finish preaching this message. I know my time is shot. But I'm, somebody say, say amen. All right. Amen. Apologize to people in the foyer. i got to preach this. Okay. The Lord is very clear about this in Hebrews 12. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God Amen. anybody tired of the pressure throw out the sin Come on, somebody shout, throw out the sin, throw out the sin, throw out the sin. The Holy Spirit will convince you of what it is. Throw it out of your life. Heal your home. Now, how many know our culture is powerful? Anybody know that? It's so powerful. It's so, so powerful. It, it was a cultural thing, This specifically the mantle of Shinar. Shinar. And, and it, it was a cultural thing. 
along with the gold and silver that was stolen. Listen, don't buy into the culture. Minister to it through love and grace. But don't buy into it. Share the gospel with it, but don't share yourself with it. Amen. Don't allow the messages of a culture that is preparing itself for the Antichrist to establish your values. Right. Man, that was powerful. I should have put that up in my notes. <laughs> don't allow the messages of a culture that is preparing itself for the Antichrist to establish your values. And watch your children. Amen. Say it. Amen. Watch your children. Say it out loud. Watch your children. Watch your children. I had a dream this past week. In fact, I talked to the Lord. I had many dreams, Lord. Got anything else to say? So, that dream was quick. It was frightening. I was holding on to the hand of a child, and there was a river of sewage. And the child was caught in the river, and I was trying to save the child, just holding on the child's hand. I was holding as tight as I could to the hand, and I held it on it with all my might. But eventually, the child's hand just disconnected from its arm, and the child was swept away. And I asked the Lord, and He said, this culture is filled with cursed things. And you've got to do more than just hold their hands. Amen. Amen. You must change their hearts. Amen. So, here's a big statement. If we don't teach our children to follow Christ, the world will teach them not to. Amen. Found this little picture. If we don't teach our children... To follow Christ, the world will teach them not to. Is that truth? Amen. So here, here's some ideas. Come on, parents. One, talk about creation with your children. Talk about it. When you walk, take walks with them, point to trees, talk to them about how God made it. Show them the sunrise, show them the sunset, talk to them about the sunrise and the sunset. Uh, read Bible stories. Read stories from the Bible to your children. Three, include Bible stories in playtime. Come on. I know my little boy, he always had a sword and a helmet, and we played David and Goliath. Come on. Amen. Watch Christian TV together. A suggestion, the Beginner's Bible Cartoons on YouTube. Come on, just, just watch Christian TV programs. Don't, come on. I know there's a lot of really cute shows out there, but wouldn't it be cool if your kids knew about Abraham and Sarah? Wouldn't that be cool if they knew about David? Wouldn't that be great if they understood shepherding? And Come on, and then pray together. Meals, bedtime, devotions, and scraped knees. Pray constantly with your kids. You don't have to pray before your meal with your kids, God. Okay, then teach them not to pray before their meals. Amen. Bedtime. How many of kids need to pray before they go to bed? Yes. Have a devotion time with your children. And when they get hurt, don't just put a Band-Aid on it. Pray for them. Uh, enlist your kids ministry we have something called freedom kids get your kids involved in the ministry and the youth programs right here at freedom fellowship Amen. i don't know if i want to do that do it anyway stop being afraid to, come on we have good solid leadership at freedom get your kids involved uh, and then share the gospel with your kids your kids should give their lives to jesus because you led them to jesus christ Help them ask Jesus into their hearts. That's good. Here's seven. When I said enlist, I, I wanted to also say on enlist, send them to other things. There's all kinds of VBS programs going on right now. Send them to five of them this year, okay? 
There's church camps that are going on. We have them in Roanoke, Virginia. Get your kids, your kids involved in church camps. I went all my life. I got saved every year at church camp, it seemed like. I mean, it was... Hey, everybody stand with me. I have to be finished. Stand with me. Stand with me. I've got to finish this way. I want, uh, I want prayer workers to come and stand. And uh, just come and stand. You might need to step up on the steps, though. Stand on the steps, if you would. All the way up here. So that now I want everybody else to come who wants to be strong in the Lord. Everybody that wants to be strong in the Lord, just come forward. Come and stand with me. I just need to be stronger in the Lord. As many as will. I'm not going to knock you down or anything. You don't have to stand on the steps. You can just stand in the, stand in the front. Just stand, stand right here so we can confess some things together. All right. Everybody. Now we got five people who want to be strong in the Lord. Get yourself out of your seats. Come on. Come on down here and stand with me. Come on. Then uh, I'll let you out before everybody else so you can beat them to the parking lot. Okay? Just, come on. This is my final statement. Your strength is complete in the Lord. Ephesians 6 and 10. Finally, read this with me. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. The struggle is that we forget that we defeat the enemy by simply being fully dependent and focused on the Lord. Specifically, the Spirit of the Lord that is inside of us. Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. How many know the rest of this? Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now listen. Help me. Listen. You don't defeat the devil just by telling the devil to get behind you. You're not defeating principalities and powers just by saying, I ain't standing for this devil anymore. I come against you demonic forces over the city of Virginia Beach. Do you know why I'm telling you you don't defeat the enemy like that? Because if you ain't got nothing on the inside, you're just like a skinny little kid yelling at, you know, a big, tall, muscle-bound kid. You know, you're just, it's just funny. The enemy's looking at you like, I just love it when you talk like that. He said, put on the full armor of God, and then you'll be able to stand. We're busy saying, I have the sword of the Spirit. And the enemy's saying, no, you don't. You just think you do. Is this good preaching? I'm not trying to disarm you. I just want you to look at this. He said, therefore, in verse 14, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. We just danced and sang that, right? Stand. This is how you take a stand. Stand, therefore. I mean, even the song is not saying don't drop your armor. Don't drop your sword. He says, stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and having taken the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to put the armor of the Lord on right now. Just lift your hands before me, everybody in the house, and say, Holy Spirit, come. I choose to, to take on the armor of the Lord. Okay, now open your eyes. Okay, we're going to have some confession. First of all, first part of the armor is truth. Now how do you put on truth? Make this confession. Say it. I know that Jesus is the Son of God. That He died on the cross and that He rose again. I declare openly that Jesus Christ is my Lord. That's Now you're taking on. Anybody see what I'm saying? Come on, say it. I know that Jesus 
that he died on the cross and that he rose again, I declare openly that Jesus Christ is my Lord. That's the truth and the truth will set you free. Righteousness. I am saved by the grace of I confess my sin to Jesus and to others that I might live fully free. I refuse to allow sin to have power over my life. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I choose humility over pride, kindness over envy, chastity over lust, patience over anger, joyful giving over greed, and diligence against laziness. Lord, I give you my heart and ask that you would cleanse my mind, my will, my emotions by the power of the blood of Jesus and empower me to live a godly life that would bring glory to your name. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Anybody receive that? That's righteousness. Peace. I accept my peaceful relationship with the Father through Jesus. No matter the circumstances of my life, I am a child of God. I walk in faith. Keep reading. Keep reading. Faith. I now walk by faith. Excuse me. That you are with me no matter the circumstances of my life. I am a child of God. By faith, I declare that the enemy can never steal my identity. Salvation. I am saved by grace through faith in Jesus. It is not by my works, but by the blood of Jesus. And nothing is able to separate me from the love of God. Ready for the Spirit of God? Through my confession of Christ, I am now born again and filled with the Spirit of God. His word is always in my mouth. I will speak and hear the powerful word of the living God and walk in the strength of his word. Prayer. I will pray constantly, maintaining a never-ending conversation with my Father. I will seek the face of the Lord in worship and in daily petition as I act upon the promise of the Lord that he will hear and answer my every prayer. Put your hands. Now be strong and courageous. Say it. I am strong and courageous. I am strong and courageous. I have the Spirit of God in my life. I am armed with spiritual weapons. And we can't play with that. Can't play with that. Anybody receive what I'm telling you right now? So, ever since the beginning of this sermon series, I've been wearing a leather wristband that I've already worn out. Saying Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9 because it helps me to remember who I am. When the enemy comes against me, I just, I'm strong and courageous. I've given you freedom as family. And this one will look really good, Diana. What's that? Yeah, there's more at the door if you don't get it here. I have a wristband, one for every one of you that would like to wear it. This is my second one because I started wearing them yesterday. And I went to Food Lion. And the lady loved my bracelet and I gave it to her at the checkout counter. I'm just going to, I'll give you some of these. 
But I want you just to be anointed now. Would you lift your hands and just be anointed? Altar workers, just lay your hands on these people. Would you do that? Let the Holy Spirit just lay your hands on people. Father, may they be anointed. May they be empowered. May they be used for your glory. Folks, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you be gracious to you and give you peace. May you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. I call you to strength and courage in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. you can